A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. disrespect your surroundings people i have hit the record button as well because we might as well just go from here because i did um obviously massive thanks to everybody one of the biggest responses that we've had so far so humongous thanks to everybody for sending their questions in um for the ubp ubp you be, i was gonna say scott helford what questions what are we doing here who are we what's what going is this? on uh, this is the entire banter podcast i'm your host scott Hilford, joined by jules gill hello everyone disrespect your surroundings <laughs> where each week we disrespect our surroundings by asking you for whatever's going on in your in your life in regards to gaming in regards to mm-hmm. food in regards to whatever else you can think of um so yeah we took a week off last week and uh, because we i thought that we should dive back into our take trough um mm-hmm. of established questions because we get so many every week which is brilliant um and then this week i was oh we'll ask everybody what's going on see what's going on in their lives lovely response massive response so there is another ton uh to get through but it does mean the take to- take trough forever overfloweth yeah but that's great because it's like the take teat we can constantly sup on until our bellies <laughs> are full and swollen at this point it is just, it's just uh, like squirt it right in my mouth i i will not do that to be honest it might be 12 39 p.m but no i'm not doing that um <laughs> it depends how you go but yeah we do have a lovely uh selection of questions maybe we'll get through more than three we'll see how we go we, our, we won't. our pace our pace dictates itself first question from sawyer have you watched the snyder cut yet no, right. Okay. So <laughs> I'm laughing already because of the fact I knew that this question was covered. I it's knew that something it's like because it's become such like a monumental thing. It is a monolith of expectations. Yep. I um I've been waiting for a few people that I trust to go and watch it because I'm sorry, any film Four that requires me long. Yeah, any film that requires me to take a half day at work to watch <laughs> is not like it's gonna be it's gonna be a marathon in every sense just, of the word. I don't I I have a thing in me. I have a, have a demon in me where I need to know what something is. Like, I'm just curious. I'll buy a game. I'll buy the ticket for the movie. I must know. Yeah. And I must know what this is. But it's four hours long. If it was two, I, if I, because I was going to put it on, I have, I've got it ready to watch. Like, I have access to it. I have it sitting there last night and I was like, I could put it on, but I can't not, I can't escape the fact that I was looking at the exit time, being like, well, yeah. if I start it now, I'm not going to come out of this until one in the morning. Oh, no, I'm not going to come out of it until two yeah. in the morning. Yeah. So I just was like, when how do you fit a four hour thing but i guess i do that all the time with games i'm just like i don't know but like, i guess it's because it's a passive experience like it's, yeah, yes you're engaged watching something but when you're playing a video game you are in direct control you have complete agency over mm-hmm. it but my friend mark he is a diehard dc fan and he like right. defended the bad dc films to a hilt and he even <laughs> knew it he was just kind of like you know when like um like the hill that you're dying on like sort of thing like it's a very common thing in what culture <laughs> imagine him doing the same but he's just kind of like you're he's dying on the hill but he's like i know it's bad but i'm doing 
doing it anyway. But he loves it. As long as he's got the conviction, it's fine. And I feel like that's who this is for. But I'm, yeah. I'm not that person. I forgot the absolute train wreck that we've had so far. I forgot about Martha. I forgot about Doomsday. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about everything. And that was when Snyder was in control. Like, I want to be there. I want to... Like having read the reality of what he went through, obviously his daughter passed away. It was really mm-hmm. horrible. Mm-hmm. And then for him to come back and go, no, I am going to do this thing. And uh, they give me the money for it. And that fascinates me. This nexus yeah. of like business for it lined up, like it's pure business interests to do the most directorial, like altered thing possible on the creative side. So he's just run wild with it. And it's this four hour, it's in like four, three aspect ratio. Yeah, it's, it's quite wild, isn't it? Most of it's in slow motion. And I'm just like, I just want to know what you've done with access to this stuff. But, but yeah. But I, I'm so happy that it exists. Like for all Same. of the fans, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for him personally, for just mm-hmm. a DC in general, it was one of those things where it became such a legendary thing that it kind of it felt like it was never going to happen. But so many people already wrote it off as like the Snyder Cut was going to be like the Duke Nukem Forever of the film world, where it was just going to be a wait for absolutely nothing. But I'm really happy to see people resonating with this version and saying it's great. Mm -hmm. I will say, however, I could probably make a decent film if I was given four (laughs) hours to tell it, because if you you cut nothing, if nothing is left on the editing floor, floor, then I could make brilliance happen, because it's like a thousand monkeys hitting the typewriters. You're going to crack gold eventually. Eventually, something will line up. Like... (laughs) I am pleased to hear that they've resolved a lot of the plot points um, mm-hmm. or like hanging plot threads. And I'm really uh, glad to see that Cyborg's been given a better run this time around. Yeah, he's actually I, a character now. I will watch it, but it's going to be across two nights and I will split it in half. Right. And like, I think my that's friends, what I'm gonna do. like Mark said, like there is an actual distinct point where you could say, right, I'm going to leave this for tomorrow. Like it's a good cliffhanger moment. So Okay. Because apparently it was initially sketched out to be like a part one and part two. And then that Which now makes total it's, just, sense. it's all just there. So yeah. yeah, I'm super curious. The answer to the question is no, um, yeah. but we'll get there. It is. A, it feels like because we're also so starved of new movies to talk about that like this just being like plopped down. It's like, yeah. oh, you want something, do you? Well, here's four hours of a thing. Go sit yeah. through that and get some takes. You can't, um, you can't, you have to feel a little bit, because um, haven't they just announced that the uh, Bucky, the Winter Soldier and- thingy's yeah. out today yeah it's out today isn't it it always uh-huh. feels like a little bit just kind of like oh, oh we've also got something too don't forget about marvel don't forget <laughs> well, about marvel we've all, we just had this amazing one division thing but don't worry we've got a second one here oh, that was the thing like thing. yesterday when everyone's talking about the snyder cut and then uh marvel were like we've got the loki poster do you want a loki poster just sort of like, oh we got this thing like everyone talking yeah. about, oh you know tom hiddleston like whatever um and try to uh, gaming podcast banter podcast we'll just <laughs> you know usually it's gaming uh, yeah. next question from rex wolfley regular person thank you very much mr rex wolfley. thanks rex um recently finished spirit fairer thanks for the recommendation found it a great tool for teaching my daughter who played along as daffodil daffodil's the cat um about grief and acceptance have you played any other games that taught you valuable life lessons oh so many like if if you wanted to go for like the obvious one you would go dark souls for never giving up like because that's strangely incredibly uh motivational yeah yeah because it it uses pain as a lesson effectively just going like look it's sometimes you will be facing immeasurable odds you will not have the strength nor willpower nor even the skill set to overcome these but with help from people using summoning by going and learning uh, like where you are your strengths lie by specializing in certain things, mm-hmm. you'll be able to overcome these things with ease further down the line. It's all about just trial and sort of, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, never, the perseverance yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. of like the human soul. But it's, um, it's like, I remember reaching a point because Sekiro drills that down even more to the point, and yes. you can't summon in that game, but the idea of just, if you just maintain your composure and just, you know, yep. just learn when to press L1, you'll get through it. And I remember getting through each of those boss fights going like, well, if I just if I just exhaled a bit, I probably mm-hmm. would have got through that before and not freaked out as much. And like, yeah, I think that, like you said, it's baked into the Souls series way more in Bloodborne too. 
Um, but I felt I just feel that throughout their games that if you just just steal yourself and just sort of like yeah like work through it, and um, there is a weird calm. zen on the other side. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's about like maintaining calm in the face of like uh, sheer terror, effectively mm-hmm. in this example. Because and if you're able, yes, yeah, if you're able to look at something and not immediately panic, your rational brain will take over and you'll be able to make better decisions. Mm-hmm. I think that another game that taught me. Maybe something that I personally didn't feel like I needed help with, but it's a great anchor point uh, for many people's experiences that have played this. And, and we're about to get sad now because we're going to talk about that dragon, oh, no. that dragon cancer, oh, which God. is it's it is a uh, an unrelenting game uh, mm-hmm. of like how punishingly brutal uh, it is. Uh, for those of you who've not heard about this game, it is about it, it's not really a game as such; it's like an experience, um, yeah, yeah, virtual experience where you. Um, go through the life um, and uh, follow the events of a family whose young son has got leukemia mm-hmm. and it's about his sort of like the parents acceptance of it it's about how they deal with it how the frustrations and anger boil underneath and eventually how they can start to look at what the time they had with him is more important than the time that they've lost because of the horrible disease mm-hmm. and I feel that that game teaches more than anything it's just a huge empathy for your fellow man like I um, have lost uh, family members to cancer Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that tons of people listening to this uh, will have been yeah. like, yeah, will have like been affected by it. Um, and it's a great anchor point to be again talking about your stories about loved ones, but also about connecting with other people, not just saying, "Hey, it's my turn to talk," but going, "I feel and understand what that person went through, and therefore mm-hmm. I can offer a different level of support than just going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, yeah, 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 yeah." yeah. I mean, I think like, uh, yeah, that dragon cancer. I was just an unbelievable show of strength like from because it's mm-hmm. it's 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 coded i think it's directly coded by the dad but it's, it is yeah yeah like it's just to be able to channel everything that they went through into something that is even remotely interactive and can be released and just to get it out there and obviously they won a bunch of awards for it and yeah. recognition for what they were able to do and everything i just looked at that whole thing being like that is it I can't believe you were able to do this. Like, to Imagine sitting down at a computer station after mm. the events that are obviously the, the real life events, mm-hmm. the loss of your son and sit there and code for hours and hours and hours yeah. to, re- to create a reference point for other people to play through. Like that must've been heartbreaking on a level. I can't even imagine. Like that's, yeah, oh. that's what I mean. Like just being able to reapproach that material, their memories, is this the right thing to do? Like I can't, like I said, I can't imagine what it was like going through that. And um, the thing I was going to mention kind of along, well, alongside in terms of being like, you know, emotionally um, straining subject matter is uh, Firewatch. We just had this in yeah. the uh, recent chatty face that's going up mm-hmm. on Friday. It'll be on the YouTube channel. Um, but in Firewatch, that game, that whole thing, that whole, I guess I'm not going to go into too many spoilers, but the general takeaway from that game is that you need to be able to grapple with the hardest things in your life. You can't yeah. just uh, ignore them. You can't just sort of like compartmentalize. You can't like not over a long enough time period. Like one of the reveals in that game um, shows you the ramifications of not directly addressing something over time mm-hmm. to keep it vague as hell. Um, but I, I apply that uh, sometimes where it's just sort of like, well, I'm going to have to deal with this eventually. I can't, you yeah. know, I, I can manufacture a safe space i can get through the day but what is the week going to be and what is the month going to be and i'm going to have to face this thing and so sometimes i I channel that sometimes and just steer full long into the awkward thing and get it out the way Um, or at least tackle it address it it's always like it's a wider thing but um i always find that something is something if it's left to be more nebulous is easy for it to spiral out of control because it's just it's this big crazy oh my god what's going to happen whatever we're speaking so vaguely but i feel like it should apply to a bunch of different contexts um whereas once you start grabbing grappling with maybe an awkward conversation or an awkward interaction or an awkward Mm -hmm. transaction, anything. Um, Once you've made it real, it's nowhere near as terrifying, like in every single uh, instance. 
the concept and dread of inevitability is sometimes mm. so much greater than the act of actually just facing your problems head on. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally understand that there might be people listening to this that are just going like, I can't face my problems head on. And that's yeah. completely fine. It oh, takes yeah. time to understand where and how to pick away at a big problem. Mm-hmm. But just remember, you can speak to people about this. Like that's, yeah. I, I know that we're talking in our usual banterish podcasting, but there is a message <laughs> underlined here that we care about you guys as much as you clearly care about us. So, yeah, yeah. And we've, and we've been through these things too. Like, yeah, there's no um, massive, you know, there's no sort of like, um, you don't have, it doesn't have to be a, a case of immediacy. It just needs to be a case of awareness. That this is yes. the thing you're pushing towards. Um, I was going to bring a chocolate bar question in there. Just sort no, of, no, do uh, it, do it, do it. We're going to have a it's like the sorbet experience to this. It's like you it's go in sorbet experience. Um, I did have this, the one from The Gaming Nuke. Um, this is all the chocolate question in here, but he's asking some other stuff too. Okay. Um, how do you manage to juggle, uh, juggle like six games on the go at one time without losing the comfort of knowing the controls slash gameplay well or dropping out of the story? I've tried so many times, but I can only really focus on one game at a time. P.S. Favorite chocolate bar. Um, this has actually happened to me very recently because the uh-huh. fact that at the moment I'm juggling Sunset Overdrive, uh, Doom Eternal, and I'm playing through, uh, I've just finished playing through Obra Dinn. And oh, cool. um, the uh, the issue is, is that I went back to Doom Eternal uh, the other day mm-hmm. and picked up the controller and I was just like, I've forgotten the controls. I was like, I was like, and right. I'm playing through on a, um, is it Ultra Nightmare mode? Oh, like, why are you so- on that for the first because, time? <laughs> because I love, I love take i love tackling some games on their hardest in initial difficulty because i'm like i will beat this game first time round, and i'm so and like i'm not very far through the story don't get me wrong i'm probably about uh i'm four planets in or worlds or whatever realms whatever you want to call them Mm -hmm. and i have had my ass kicked (laughs) up and down every out like corridor every sort of like uh arena Mm -hmm. I picked it was up the so controller. fast as well. Yeah, and I picked up the controller and I was like, oh my God, I've forgotten how to do this. I can't even remember <laughs> how you do like the grab when you jump onto the walls and stuff. And I'm uh, like, oh no, I'm literally, and I was, and the spawn point was what, an arena was right in front of me. Right. So I just had to like learn trial by fire. I'm just like, no, no, well, no, I, no, no. I do, because I do tend to juggle, yeah, like six games at once. I I think yeah. because I've done it for so long now, I don't, it, it doesn't get me as much. But I remember when I started doing it back on the PS1 days, uh, where if I was, if I, it still kind of happens to me if I'm playing multiples of the same genre where like you said the controls will bleed over i'll hit the wrong mm-hmm. button i'll hit what i thought was melee and i'll throw a grenade instead or something <laughs> like that um but for the most part it's not too bad um it's just yeah it's weird i just sort of just leap in like i i'm too curious for too many games at once and i think because of the amount of things that we cover i just wanted i need to know all these things yeah. and then at some point in there subconsciously something will bubble over and just take my attention and that'll be the thing that gets finished first um but yeah it's kind of like uh but was it bart simpson with that chalk that's like split into six chalk so he's writing like six sentences at once (laughs) they'll all get finished at at some point but they're all making their way through um what's your favorite chocolate bar then oh god see i let you go off gut feeling for this and my mind went to a twix which is really weird is that even classed as a chocolate bar i've never eaten much chocolate bars I, I don't guess eat I, much chocolate bars. It's, it's counted as a chocolate bar, I would yeah. say. But a Twix it is, is not what I thought form. that you'd go for. I, I mean, didn't like, think I would go for that. But you know when you just ask like a gut question and then your brain just yeah. serves something. Maybe I'm just hankering for a Twix. But, <laughs> oh, no, it's not. It's Kit it's, it's Kit Kats. Kit, do Kit Kats count? It's Kit yeah, Kats. Kit Kats definitely count? count. Because... Um, I'm planning on going to Japan this year. Lol, this year. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but as you go to Japan this year, and they there's a big old thing in Japan for different like bespoke the amount Kit-Kats. of them. Like the matcha Kit Kats are great. You can get them in the in the West and stuff too. But um, I just love Kit Kats. Love wafers. Love Kit Kats. Give me that. I don't know why my brain didn't go there. I have a whole thing for Kit Kats. <laughs> just give me the Kit Kats, Jules Gill. Before I was mm-hmm. a, um, a vegan, I used to love myself a crunchy bar, honeycomb. Oh. 
chocolate. With them, that fancy honeycomb stuff that you can get separately, yeah. the little yeah. golden nuggets. That was I nice. That was good. The name of it is. But nowadays, I think that I go for a thing called a Vago bar. I think it's oh, what's um, that? Is it or is v- it made from the tears of God? Yeah, pretty much. It's v- <laughs> I think it's pronounced. I think it's spelled V E G O. Okay. And it's um a uh it's hazelnuts. Uh, sorry, it's, it's chocolate with hazelnuts in, kind of like a, a Nutella bar. Okay. But because it's coconut milk as the main thing, it's Ooh. so creamy. It's literally like eating a solidified block of Nutella. It is. Oh, oh it's so that good. That might be. To, every time you mention a vegan recommendation, I imagine you like uh, Brandon Routh in Scott Pilgrim, where he's just floating <laughs> in with his eyes glowing, <laughs> just knowing better than the rest of us. Milk and eggs, bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Oh, like this is what you need. And uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll check that out. I'm going shopping later on. I'll have a little bit of a look. Oh, for the mate, old if, vegan you, if you can get one of them, they're, they're absolutely game changing okay. love them um next question from david faulkner will gaming subscription models based on sorry will gaming subscription models based on games as a service bring about the end of the 200 million dollar monster games like red dead redemption 2 last of us 2 etc um i don't think so i think if anything relying on the backing of major publishers should only in theory embolden those creative choices because mm-hmm. right now the likes of rockstar and naughty dog are massive anomalies because um and even cdpr and look at these obviously imploded Um, in regards to cyberpunk but yeah there are anomalies in regards to how much time they take making a big top tier big budgeted thing whereas i think if um they had the security of um, the backing of a major publisher and the likes of xbox in bethesda's case saying like oh well whatever you make is going to be our next big thing by guaranteed player numbers because it's on game pass i would like to say that those things will start come out more frequently um although it's a separate thing but I, i don't think we need games as ridiculously overblown and laboriously crunched to death as red dead 2 last of us too if you look at the amount of time that the like oh it's a i polished off the leaf texture in the corner and you're never gonna see i'd rather you made a new gameplay mechanic to be honest i i like those games but i you know i want more of a focus on actual hands-on stuff if i think that we can talk about red dead uh two now spoiler free we know we're we're way past spoiler territory we can talk about it well yeah i mean it's three years old at, at some point in the game, you unlock a huge portion of the first game that you can obviously yes. go and like play around in. I would have preferred if that section there was just uh, uh, released as a piece of DLC further down the line, because the amount of man hours oh, that was yeah. taken for that bit there probably would have actually meant that the game was much more uh, confined and probably would have saved tons of people getting home on time, you know? <laughs> Crunch, but... bit, um, if they split it where if you got the credits and they split it and just put the put that other bit out as free dlc yeah pacing wise that would have helped massively but i think yeah the whole question of like production budgets and everything else like if you remove the risk behind the creativity side yeah. of it, it should free it up so uh, so it's the question uh it asking um wh- whether or not we think that games are going to move towards um like episodic or subscription-based stuff where it's like games as life says like it, it is is that what the question is well I mean, actually yeah i guess i sort of took it towards like yeah the production cost because uh, you mentioned the 200 million dollar monster games like mm. red dead and stuff mm. but i guess yeah if you take it more down like an invoke sort of thing it's like um that idea of gaming subscription models you know, like i went down the game pass playstation now thing um but yeah games as a service type stuff like that idea of every game being a monthly rollout of different pieces of content <laughs> avengers style yeah um, that, whether that thing becomes more more uh, preferable that will become more prever- prevalent in mm. our um, gaming industry uh, only because of the fact that uh, once you get your core uh, game out there uh, and you can piece bits into it mm-hmm. you want to get that game to market as quickly as possible because you stand to make the most money out of it in a long-term fashion yeah. it's not the best experience for the player because somehow getting in on the ground level means that you're playing the most inferior product of that title oh, yeah. totally. but 
People are so keen to play games as soon as they are able to look at the huge success stories of like Steam Greenlight stuff and all of the other um, early access titles. Like that stuff happens because people have paid for it to happen. Mm -hmm. And if I was a big publisher, I'm not going to lie to you. I probably would look at my game and just be like, cool, right. Get the vanilla game out. 50% of it done. Put it onto um, there and we'll use that money to fund the later projects. Because in theory, it Mm. should result in a great product. It should result in a living, breathing uh, title that will reward players by their actions directly impacting where the story goes. Say um, a a specific Mm. mode in your first person shooter game takes off. I would be more inclined because of the games as live service model to patch in more things that support that one game mode to flesh that out into its own thing. Whereas if I came out and said, okay, I've done my $200 million uh, blockbuster game and that one multiplayer mode is a tiny facet of what I thought was going to be like the much larger scope. Mm -hmm. Then if everyone goes and plays that mode, I've wasted so much time. Like, you know, it's... I don't know, it's so weird because my there's so much to this, like in regards to like the like what's the creative intent? Like I feel like stories have kind of gone to the wayside of the minute yeah. because there's so much games as a service type stuff. There's so much of a reliance on what is ostensibly arcade-based monetization models. Like, you know, you're paying for a little bit of a go. There's a bunch of microtransactions, there's multiple currencies, there's ways to maintain a game over months and months and months. Um, and I miss the whole fully formed game, the fully formed oh, story. Yeah. But I do wonder, because I do think this will take off to some degree, but I think it'll implode. There's only so many games as a service that the average person is going to be able to juggle. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't be checking in with 10 different games every day. You will make the gaming experience as a whole uh, homogenous. Every game will start to feel the same. Because I'm not saying in my example where I'm making the video game and I go down that route. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that I'm doing that for the artistic reasons. Right. I'm doing that because I'm in, in this version jules <laughs> wants to make money and yes. that's the way that you make jules money Gale, by... but the gill is the final fantasy currency yeah exactly exactly Gale. so you basically uh, you're basically trying to um deliver a product that people would pay for and keep mm. paying for and that does not breed um development ingenuity it doesn't breed new oh, ideas no. you're basically Formal drilling ability. down on what already works or you're basically just saying okay if that does work then i'm gonna put my entire uh, IP based around that thing. Mm-hmm. But if you and I wanted to create Scott and Jules, the emotional and rewarding video game, then yes, <laughs> obviously it's going to take much more money. And mm-hmm. as a result, it might make less money because it's narrowing down on what people want. You know. Also as well, like, can you even do a, you know, emotional and rewarding game over a three month period? Like I, I'm curious about that. I'm still, I think someone will, will make something like that, like tell a story over a few months. And I do wonder as well, if this rollout model solves the problem of people not finishing their games, like there was all the yeah. statistics from uh, i think earlier in this week um where uh, 50% of people finished ghost of tsushima but only about 28% of people finished red dead 2 for example that's mad isn't it when you but if you give the... people enough time to catch yeah. up and then you get the next chunk and the next chunk maybe but that i i don't know i fear i fear for it i th- i see more publishers doing the example that you gave where they're just yep. chasing the money and monetizing the game mechanics arcade style because that's stories are like this weird fad that we had in the 2000s like hey what if you cared about the characters it's like well we didn't used to in the night yeah. before the yeah. before metal gear solid and i'm just like i just i don't know i don't know i don't trust them <laughs> <laughs> i guess the only example you could say of an episodic thing that um tells a compelling narrative over a long time would mm. be the uh, telltale series of like walking dead games yeah. and stuff like that literally because they are episodes mm. but we all know what happened to telltale that, so. that's the thing that's the thing i mean it worked once and never again and yeah. i mean like um square enix have managed to do it um with uh, the life is strange games but mm-hmm. there's so few and far between that idea of sort of doing a, te- a television style game um i don't know i'm curious but i just mm-hmm. that idea of like monetizing 
um, where, where the consumer can tell they've been given 20% of a product and they're waiting for more of it. That was the Avengers case or is yeah. the Avengers case. Um, and yeah, I think that as a consumer base, we're too aware of it as gamers. Um, but I'm curious to see what happens, mm-hmm. I guess, this next generation. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Um, next question from Ruben Hot Beverage. I'm assuming the beverage Ooh, is nice. part of the name. Maybe beverages through um, could be an emoji. I don't know. I copy and paste. Um, <laughs> what's the best food when you're when you have a hangover? Asking for a friend. Ooh. Oh, I mean, you ca- you cannot go wrong with the classic full English fry up, can you? No. You've got anything. You've got recently. your eggs, your bacon, your toast, your buttery oh. toast. No, oh, my mouth it's water. been so long because it's it was the one year lockdown anniversary the other day. Oh yeah, it was. It's been it? one year since we've been hammered in any sort of city-based context, and I needed a hangover 
thing the next day. So it's <laughs> been a what, while. As much as I despise um, the uh, people who run it, so the Weatherspoons um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> vegan breakfast, man, yeah. that was a, that was perfect. That was. You go down there after a few social jars. You wake up in the morning. And you're like, oh, head's a bit banger, mate. I'm gonna cycle down the old. I'll take an extra few eggs, mate. Me and Cleary used to do a, um, a Sunday runs. Uh, so if we'd gone out on the night before or if there had been drinks or whatever happening, mm-hmm. you'd wake up on the Sunday, feel a bit rough, go for a, this fun run thing, which is like 5K around the top of the park near where he lives, mm-hmm. and then uh, go for Weatherspoon's breakfast afterwards. That combination will sort your hangover out. And like this is like starting those runs when you're feeling a little bit queasy on shaky yeah. legs. I, I remember going around the first day and like no no shred of hyperbole here looking at him like am i going to be able to say something to him or am i going to throw up like, <laughs> like i'm looking at him he's like, looking, like yes jules and i'm like it looks like you have something to say you're practically like you've got the little poison bubbles coming out of you like when you're poisoning an rpg just sort of standing there like oh god it's i'm just like flashing effect. red every sudden <laughs> stuck in a stasis bubble um a question from steve big steve what's your game of the year so far this is quite a hard question big steve big steve mr big steve um yeah there's only been i don't know five games of worth so far nothing's come out um, has it? <laughs> um i guess to be honest, if I'm going to use this as an excuse to shout something out that I love, sure. um, there's a really, 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 really great game called The Pedestrian um, oh, that yeah. came out. It's on, I think it's on PS4 as well, but I played it on PS5. Um, very Moorish, really luscious little puzzle game um, where you play as a little stick figure that comes to life in a sign. Um, I think you start on you start on a sketch pad. Um, you just mm-hmm. do a little stick figure and you run between um, different uh, surfaces. You go from like a, you know, you go to a safety sign and you go down. I know it sounds like I'm describing the worst thing in the world. No, no, that does sound fun. It's brilliant. Um, you just tap triangle to uh, zoom out and you can move parts of the environment around to create different uh, doorways and ladders mm-hmm. and ways to get around the environment. So it is a puzzle game, um, but it's really, really lush. It has this awesome sort of um, like chill hop jazz soundtrack where oh, it's just nice. like the sounds of the city behind you as you're sort of like solving these puzzles quite relaxedly. It's very Moorish. Like it's very easy to um, just, you know, do one more puzzle and just keep going. And there is a really cool twist at the end as well as, as to what's actually been going on the whole time at the very end. So I'm looking here at the release schedule for uh, this entire year. Mm. Uh, and I can actually see three games here that I've played that I would say are in contention for Game from of the Year so far. Months. Yes. For the first three months. Um, I'd say that uh, Scott Pilgrim versus The World, the game complete edition that finally got resurrected. I'm counting that as a new game because okay. it was obviously removed from storefronts um, worldwide for so long. Yeah. So we kind of have to really respect that it's back with a force. It's just a Show. fantastic version of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Hitman 3 mm-hmm. is exceptional and I've been playing it on and off since its release and I've been loving every moment of it. Mm-hmm. And the final one that um, has been released recently, for me at least, mm-hmm. is the uh, Persona 5 Strikers game because it's uh, Dynasty Warriors but in the set in the Persona 5. I saw that. I, I'm so curious. I still haven't finished Persona 5 so I didn't want to do anything else because I hear it's set after the game. Yes, that that is the one point that really <laughs> does irk me though because it's like you've got a 500 hour game, right? Uh-huh. And, and I'm basing that off of Gerard Khalil's The Completionist video. He okay. like, spent like 500 hours or like 580 hours something to complete all of I'm it. Because I'm 90 and, into it and I still haven't And like it. all of the DLC that was like the Royale Edition or the Royal mm-hmm. Edition, whatever came out and then to have the thing say like hey did you enjoy the first adventure haven't got through it mate well you'll love the sequel that follows it it's like well, like i said i haven't got i don't even know who half of these characters are well you'll get it all your favorite characters are- no no seriously stop stop <laughs> and we've added in new characters as well and an even more complex story no please stop i just want to bash buttons <laughs> well, that was the thing because i looked at the gameplay trailer i was like oh this looks like it plays really well i like yeah. the look at the combat 
but I don't want to spoil what's. But then, even looking at the trailer, I was like, well, I can tell they survive the thing that, that we're yeah. alluding to in Persona <laughs> Five. And so, like, yeah, I guess that's the thing. But it's my fault for not getting through P Five. I mean, it's been four years now, but maybe it's. I point. I don't blame you though. That's like, it's a long ass <laughs> game, and there's a lot of like bits in it which are like, if we're being honest, the mm. um the palaces they do get kind of worse as you go on through the game, and yeah. it's like it really tests you. It's like, do you want to finish this game? Do you want to? You're like, oh, I kind of don't now. That's the bit where it looks like a PS2 game where it's just like there's like three art assets for each palace. Yeah. It's like you can hunker up against one of them like a stealth thing, and it's very it, is, it gets a little bit repetitive. But if if oh. you're gonna ignore the story mode uh, for um, strikers, it's brilliant, mm. mate. It's it's okay. just it's it's Dynasty Warriors, but with tons and tons of flash and extra bits of moves. And there's much there's actually a much more complex uh, move set in there. And I think that if they carried that across to a mainline Dynasty Warriors or Samurai Warriors game, it would be perfect. I'm kind of hoping that a lot of um, JRPGs go down the route of the Final Fantasy VII remake, where you just you more take all the combat aspects, the music's great but yeah make it more it's almost platinum style mm-hmm. um but you're still you can i like the i love the thing i love the hybridization of you pause the action like you're fighting full-on style you pause yep. everything and you queue up a bunch of, of skills you jump between your party members and then you um you know regain time and then keep going i feel like that's the perfect hybrid of turn-based menu-based combat and <laughs> all out action stuff that's why I was so disappointed almost when the first Mass Effect came out because I mm. remember reading in an article like ages and ages ago saying that that's what you've just described there was how Mass Effect was going to play when it came to combat. It like, does. It, it kind of does, but it's really clunky. I mean, yeah. they fixed it a lot in two and three. Obviously, they like improved it like immeasurably. It became mm. a much more combat oriented game, but I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Mm. But um, yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with you. If they can make it so that you can pause the game and do some like queue up some actions and then see them unleash and then move around yeah and like ping back let me do some backflip kicks and then yeah. like pause again like just it's the perfect hybrid like i said of both combat models and like a photo mode just sort of mm-hmm. putting like mm-hmm. visuals in there that are really cool um next question from black lives still matter what is the number hell one yeah. upcoming game hell yes uh upcoming game that you are most excited for for them it is kana bridge of spirits the art and music is just amazing oh that is a very good point Ooh. actually I'm, I'm looking through the uh the old release upcoming release oh thing... actually no i know which one it is because we, we sent the um the link to each other this morning uh, I mean, my mind's good, so I definitely remember that. Yours, don't worry, oh, don't yours is the yeah. Warhammer thing. Yes, it's, yes, um, yes. So uh, obviously, there's Warhammer Dark Tide, which is coming out very soon, which is basically vermin tide but with guns, and mm-hmm. obviously it's Left for Dead. So yes, I'm gonna absolutely <laughs> love that. But there's a new game that got announced like really recently, which mm-hmm. is called Necromunda Hired Gun, and it is basically <laughs> uh, Doom, but in the Warhammer Hive worlds. It and looks insane. I, it just and it's got cheesy British voice acting. Like I could have done the voice actor. Uh, all right, Governor, <laughs> gonna, there's one thing that you don't want to mess with, and that's the Goliaths. I'll take you I on, mate. Either that's going to make it brilliant, like Dragon Quest style, like you've got this yeah. like quirky sort of English uh, voiceover thing, or it'll be the thing that gets directly in the way because I feel like it's so Doom, like in that reveal oh, trailer, t- like running on the. Well, I've been running on the walls is like Titanfall, but it's yeah. so Doom, like aesthetically, it looks great. The funny thing is though that is. Um, I know that you haven't played like tons of Warhammer games, but mm. having bad voice acting is kind of par for the course. Okay, like, okay. like um, everyone speaks in a language. Uh, well, not everyone, but the uh, English that you hear in it is actually called High Gothic, and basically okay. it's like, like over the it's over the top. So it's right. like, brothers, the emperor has decreed that we shall sally forth and take See, on the elder. Great. Yeah, oh, totally take that. That's like good. fable style. 
but the ham is so thick. It is it is like gammon <laughs> level thick. It is it is big ham. John Ham. I think um, yeah. yes. I mean the Warhammer game looks great. I would totally back um Kane and Bridge of Spirits. I'm mm-hmm. curious about um you know where the story goes in Horizon. I hope God of War still makes it this year, but I don't oh, think so. Yeah. Um, but I'm an absolute sucker for animation. Just any Pixar styles of Kung Fu Panda, as I mentioned on the daily. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And so Kane and Bridge of Spirits just looks gorgeous, and it's made by the animation team that did the Majora's Mask short. Um, which if anybody hasn't seen, um, just Google Majora's Mask animation. It's really lush. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, they, both of those games look pretty cool. Um, a question from Brian Jackson. Since we're talking about music, this is in reference to, I tweeted um, saying, does anyone want to weigh in on the Day to Remember album, <laughs> which is what we were on about when we were in the middle of recording the intro. Yeah. Uh, since we're talking about music, best gaming soundtracks, I think Doom, Persona 5 Royal, and Death Stranding. Thoughts? Uh, I cannot. Stranding's very high. I cannot disagree with a few of those choices there because mm. they're all impeccable, but I'm going to have to give a big shout out to some Final Fantasy uh, yeah. games because they have impeccable music. I mean, I personally, I know that everyone has a huge soft spot for Final Fantasy 6 and 7 when it comes to their soundtrack. But for mm. me, 8 had this beautifully dreamlike and crazy, like schizophrenic almost um, soundtrack. And especially... The other week when we were rocking out mm. to the triple triad music. But oh, just, that's just that's banging. That's absolutely banging, that is. <laughs> but I absolutely love, like, hands down, if I was to select my all-time favorite track from any Final Fantasy game, mm. it's the uh, Man with a Machine Gun. It is like, it is a... I don't even know how that goes. <laughs> right okay i tell you what i know that you can't hear it on the thing can you put it on can you put it on while we're talking i'll 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 vamp for the audience yes man with a machine gun okay and with a machine your thing yeah so tell them about final fantasy stuff yeah so it's the um uh, the uh, song that plays when you're doing the Irvine is it Irvine flashbacks? Oh, what's it? What's his bloody name? Okay. The, um, do you know? Do, are you playing it now? Yes. Yes, it? yes. 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 As soon as you yes. said Irvine, I was like, right, okay. It's, it's yes. been so long since Final Fantasy VIII was a thing. This, 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 this is this is really sweet. This is like a synth wavy. Yeah, okay. it's just it no, slaps right, yeah. this song. It is so the good. Way you did it with your little air, your little air drums, your little ace, air yeah. bass that you had was a little bit more twangy. I was expecting more country stuff, but no, that's yeah, all slid back into true. place. And what a tune! What about you, though, Scott? What's your favorite? Um, best game in soundtracks. I mean, it's got to be Hotline. It'd be Hotline One, Hotline, yeah. Mi- Hotline Miami One, Hotline Miami Two, um, and then it would be the old uh, GTA's, the original uh, trio. Um, mainly San Andreas just because it's such a blend of like incredible music like on the rock side there's all the mm-hmm. Leonard Skinner stuff and Guns N' Roses but then there's all the rock stuff sorry all the rap stuff mm-hmm. and um, yeah Rockstar like I, they haven't delivered a, a soundtrack of that quality in, in quite some time for me no um, and I feel like that comes from them sp- picking a specific time period and then picking yeah. the best songs of an entire decade um, but yeah Vice City and San Andreas soundtracks for me would be sky high they're so good as well mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to think of uh, what's that? Um, Payday Two also has an incredible soundtrack. Okay. Tons and tons of sort of like lo-fi like club beats in it. Like if you're right. into your sort of like EDM stuff, then that is definitely the the major shout. Here. Next question from Stephen Curtis: How do you eat crumpets? I go cold with chocolate spread. Right. Apparently uh, that's weird. No, <laughs> I saw that and I was immediately I got my my heckles went up. I was just like uh, I was like I was the chocolate on it, fine, mate. But when you want to start bringing in the cold, cold no, just just you might as well just eat a door wedge because yeah. it's just so like it's thick, <laughs> it's spongy. It's just like what's what's the it's point the, of it? It's spongy. Heat it up, it. heat it up, pop it in the toaster, even if it's just a little wee chef kiss for about 10 seconds or so, just to warm up the cockles on it, mate. It's just, oh, mm. it, like it, you look at a crumpet 
and it looks like like a membrane, doesn't it? It's like a sponge. Yeah, yeah. It got all of the, like the holes and like the, the divots really. in it. But the thing is, is that if you go in there cold, you're, they're not, they're all compressed. When you put the heat to it, they expand a little bit. They grow, they like, they live, they breathe. And that allows I've got, I've got a friend who, I forget what you call the specific um, fear. I think it's tryptophobia, the one where it's a, a fear of multiple um, like uh, spaces all next to each other. And right. she's, it's, it's a very strange, very specific phobia, but she's terrified of like, spo- like underwater sponges or sponges oh, in general really? or crumpets. And so every time I think of crumpets, when I, when you, when, when you're describing the surface of them, I just see her recoiling in fear because it's just so like, oh, Oh god, it makes my skin crawl because there's so many little holes next to each other. If you ever, if you want to freak yourself out um, and see if you have tryptophobia, nice little bonus game for you in between the podcast. Um, Google tryptophobia. It's T R Y T O phobia, um, and see if you're also terrified of multiple small spaces next to each other. Or try imagine, and eat a crumpet. So imagine if, if there's like there's like a percentage of our audience now that's just like. <laughs> That's the exact response to it because I don't have it specifically, but it is freaky as hell, especially when yeah. some of the images people have made to test you are pretty mean. Um, but yes, um, how do you eat crumpets? A lot of butter on them. Is, a lot of butter? Is, yeah, a lot of butter. I mean, some people want to go down the sweet route, put jam on it. I'm more of a Marmite guy. Chuck a bit of Marmite on it. Never, yeah. genuinely, never even crossed my mind to do anything other than butter because I just think of a buttery crumpet. If you want to, we're you so go, English right now. Wow, yeah. this thing, I was about to say, if you want to go absolutely insane, Hands then you treat on. treat yes. your uh, crumpet like a hot scone, and then that way you put it in the toaster, right? It pops up. You put a little bit of the old clotted cream on it. You put some jam on it, and what have you got there? You've got a hot, hot, uh, sweet treat oh. where the cream is melting inside into the uh, into the pores. I will say that I didn't even try Trump try crumpets for a long time because they're such I'm a, not surprised they're this such is a, a every, top food they're such a t- high-end thing <laughs> they're like they're like 50p down tesco's for a pack of eight How are they? it's what it's what they represent they're like the queen eats crumpets like this sort of like the you know the, the pageantry they're all the, the queen does not eat the bloody crumpets that i do mate she probably has them like <laughs> But we have has them made out of our own servants' faces. You know? I, I remember finally having a crumpet at sort of like age 25, you know, a bit of a bit of a night out, sort of a bit of a pre-drink, bit of a pre-sesh. Someone got the crumpets out. And I thought, what have I been, what have I been missing, lads? Like this is this I can is imagine immaculate. that. Imagine um, Scott in like a like a Skins episode. There's all the, like the drugs being racked up. There's all these people like drinking like uh, massive liquor bottles, and there's Scott in the middle, just kind of like, so, oh, this party's bumping. It's pretty good, but he's really missing something. Then somebody walks in, silver platter, opens it up, line of coke on one side, tons yep. of crumpets on the other. He's like, I'm at you, mate. <laughs> Warburton's crumpets all the way, yeah. mate. For the next question, I'm going to end on some very very lovely things. That um, a couple oh. of comments from some uh, from some regulars. So thank you both very much. First is from Laughing Sunbro. Um, just hey. want to say that the UB. EP is a weekly spot of joy in a time when lots of things suck. Really appreciate you guys, and I suspect I'm not alone in this. Keep it coming, and thanks for being just genuinely nice folks. Well, thank you very much, but uh, you've not seen us play Dark Souls. You've not seen <laughs> us play competitive things where we lose our collective rags. We've, you've not seen Scott lose at Crash Team Racing. I, I, <laughs> I forget about that. I forget. I push it down. I sit on it. I put it away. That did not happen. It isn't. Address your channel. problems head on, Scott. This is what oh, we were talking about early. I, it's, I, I, but again, we didn't talk about immediacy. And in, in this case, my immediate time window is 20 years before I'll talk about that again. Um, <laughs> next little sort of comment from Jacob Wright also said UBP, UBP. UBP. Uh, UBP. I um, just want to say thank you for the nonstop content. Really has helped me through lockdown and made me love gaming even more. So thank you as well. Um, oh, and cheers. their question was, which underrated ps1 game would you like to see remade slash remastered theirs is ape escape or croc 
Now you are totally bang on the money with Ape Escape there, yes. my friend. But can I take that Ape Escape and offer you a side of Silent Bomber? Silent oh, Bomber is... Oh, Silent Bomber loose. Oh, I, so I, good. I, I will never not stop banging on about how good... <laughs> so it is the perfect bombing 6 out of bottom. 10 game that is a 10 out of 10 in my eyes. I remember loving it. Even the way that thing controls, like sometimes when you go back to old games and it's like, man, this just feels weirdly retrospectively mm-hmm. fresh because mm-hmm. or retroactively fresh because it's like a third person top down um dungeon crawler style kind thing. of is yeah. yeah you're sort of laying bombs down behind you as you're running around a little bit like i just love like man. it's like throwing the bombs and they all have like different abilities you got like vortex bombs napalm mm-hmm. bombs and stuff like that and plus the soundtrack is brilliant and the character design is just so ridiculous because you play as a guy called utah fate and he's got um, sideburns <laughs> that are so long that they've begun to dreadlock at the bottom so he's got like a big like, that at all. he's got like claggy dreadlock dreadlock um sideburns <laughs> it's brilliant and he's just like every time uh, it goes into his dark and horrible past it cuts back to him being sent out on a uh, a mission and he's mm. being like utah you've got to bomb that building over there and he's like i can do that i'm hardcore and he like bombs <laughs> the building and these civilians run out and he's just like oh no i'm a what dickhead have I done? <laughs> i've killed women and children ah. <laughs> Love and, then, and then you got a nine part episodic series that was really good in episode eight but nothing else was any good yeah i see exactly how that went down um my oh. thing would be ape escape yeah i mean i've, I've been playing ape escape 2 on ps5 um which runs like hell i put a tweet oh, out no. showing like um because there are some ps2 games that if you bought the you know you bought the ps2 game you play it on playstation 5 there's some stuff where as you boot it up there's a sony uh, blurb thing that just says you may experience some problems when playing oh, this game nuts. and what they mean by that is none of the game actually loading properly it just blips in and out of reality like all the all the mesh models all the environments all the characters even the logos on screen flash on and off all the time it's that's a mess. Good. It is an absolute mess. Um, so yeah, that would be, I mean, that's Ape Escape 2. Um, that thing that I just described is also the case with the Warriors, which sucks um, oh, because no. me and my wife are going to go through the Warriors and then we can't. Um, so that stuff really, really sucks. But yeah, I would take like an Ape Escape. I think they did three of them. I mean, there's three yes, main ones. As well, ones. And they had some PSP ones as well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm totally going to get the Vita one just because I, I want I want, to catch some apes. I'll tell you what yeah. though, um, in Ape Escape 2, I did catch an ape that was bouncing on a jet of water on top of a fountain. And do yeah. you know what his name was he's bouncing on the water do you know what his name what is was, it? What is it? What he's, is called, it? he's called he's called he's called b-day amazing because hey. because they know exactly <laughs> what they're doing son of B-day, yeah. just, just absolutely nailing it but that studio is the one that's been shut down by big bad sony so you no more escapes in the future classic we'll have yeah. to see how we go but yes and um, thanks again to everybody for all the questions they sent in massive response uh, and we'll try and get through some more next week we might ask for more questions we might go back to the take trough there's mm-hmm. a ton there's a ton jewels gill for now though this has been the ubp the ubp ubp, UBP. I've been Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you very much for having me. I'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.